Hello, you're listening to Sending the Experts with Georgina Durrant. This podcast is all about teaching and supporting children and young people with special educational needs and disabilities, SEND. My name is Georgina Durrant. I'm the host of this podcast brought to you by Twinkle SEND. As a former teacher in Senko myself, I wanted to create a platform to share some of the amazing things that my guests are doing to support learners with SEND. So whether you're listening on your commute, tuning in whilst walking your dog or curled up on the sofa with a nice cup of coffee, thank you so much for joining us. In this episode, I am delighted to be joined by the inspirational Musharraf Asgar or Mushy. Mushy captured the hearts of the nation in 2013 when, as a schoolboy, he appeared on our screens in the award-winning Channel 4 series, Educating Yorkshire. Mushy joined the series to raise awareness of stammering and he sprang to our screens at the age of 16 and he's now 25 and he is a keynote speaker, journalist and sports writer. Hi, lovely to meet you. Hi, wow, it sounds as if I've achieved a lot. Yes. You make it sound so amazing. Oh, we have, absolutely. <laughs> when I've been doing my research, Mushy, you've, you've done loads and you're only 25. It's incredible. Oh, I really appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. So you. um, people listening may be aware that you were on Educating Yorkshire, or should I say the star of Educating Yorkshire. Um, <laughs> but for those who haven't watched it, Educating Yorkshire was a documentary that follows the sort of trials and tribulations of a secondary school called Thornhill Community Academy in Dewsbury in Yorkshire. I think practically the whole nation, me included, was brought to tears in Mushy when you were preparing for your speaking element of your English GCSE and you were finding it difficult because of your stammer, then your amazing teacher, Mr. Burton, used some tactics that I think he'd found from the King's Speech, that film. Um, and yeah, he was able to, you were able to give that amazing speech in front of your entire school during an assembly as well. Um, I watched it again the other day as part of my research and I was really moved again just watching it. It's absolutely oh, wow. incredible. It's a real big part of TV history <laughs> almost, isn't it? Like it was a, it was a huge moment. Um, what was it like? What was it like being on Educating Yorkshire? Well, um, at first I thought I'd be like a Hollywood star yeah. at the end, but of course that never happened. <laughs> I'm just joking. But yeah, um, I at first um, I just had no clue. I absolutely had no clue as to how it would sort of turn out, how people would view me mm. uh, on, on the TV show. And I knew deep down in me that I just... I just really wanted to escape that sort of um, that sort of sh- shadow that people with a stammer can't do or achieve anything. And I thought, w- w- what's better than actually being on a TV show? <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was a it was a crazy experience taking part and just seeing how how this journey that I've been on was captured on TV, which I'm s- extremely fortunate for having the support that I did um, have in school. It was just something, even after all these years, I can't really explain how fortunate I was to actually have it. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. It's lovely that you look back on it and it was a really positive experience and it really helped mm-hmm. you. Um, what was it like? Like, So you must have been quite... Did people recognise you in the street when you were a kid then? Did you feel quite well known from it? Or was it not the Hollywood dream you were quite imagining? <laughs> no, it, it was nice. Uh, I'd say it was a bit of a throw in the deeps, if I'm completely yeah. honest. Um, it's quite hard trying to balance or... Uh, well, yeah, basically trying to balance your GCSEs and trying to film a TV show and it took so many hours 
unpaid hours, uh, <laughs> if I do say so. Uh, so <laughs> it, it did just take a very long time uh, filming, but it, it's an amazing feeling being known for something which helps people out there. And I'm so fortunate that I've used it in a means to educate people in what stammering is. Yeah. Um, no pun intended, of course. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's an amazing feeling. And I think being a kid and being sort of in the sort of limelight of it all, it, it was um, a bit of a challenge just knowing how to sort of cope with it all. It's yeah. it's not something that I was taught. There's no sort of class that teaches you how to cope with, like, I don't know, TV fame or, yeah. or whatever you really want to call it. Uh, so it, it, it was quite hard, but also very rewarding uh, being known that I was trying to increase the awareness of what a stammer truly is. Yeah, that's that's amazing, especially, you know, as a teenager to be thinking at the time that you're helping other people and raising awareness of something. It's it's quite a big, yeah, a big thing. Well done. Um, how did they choose your school then? How does it, how does the actual process, do we get any like va- some vaccine <laughs> sort of yeah. gossip? How does it work? Did you- Of course, of course. Uh, so I am... Um, uh, so yeah, I was just in my assembly, and there was these like posh, um, posh London producers who had turned up at the school. Oh, wow. uh, and I'm from Yorkshire. Uh, I've I've never really heard anyone posh here. Uh, <laughs> so that was a a massive thing. It, it was like hearing aliens. So <laughs> so we had these um, we had these producers and this production team that were just ex- explaining that. Hi, we've um, we've got this documentary idea. Yeah. We're not really sure as of yet if it is confirmed at your school, mm-hmm. but you are one of so Thornhill High School, as it was previously called, was one of the schools that was planning, well, sort of at the planning sort of stage of, of being on the show. And and at first, we were sort of told every week that. There were like two hundred schools first, and then they had cut. It they had been shortlisted to like um, fifty schools, and then on the last assembly, just before the, I think it was the Easter break, yeah. we got told that we were basically chosen at at yeah. that moment in time. Uh, but I had no clue that I was on the show at the time. I was oh, just right. told, yeah. So we were just told, like, right, it's going to be Thornhill. Um, and I think everyone was sort of cheering, yeah, we'll be on TV. <laughs> but no one really knew and no one's getting paid as well. So I think that was um, that was uh, quite an interesting experience. But yeah, um, it's sort of, how it sort of, how it sort of like filmed was there were over 250 cameras that were rigged oh in God. the whole school. Yeah. and a uh, lot. Yeah. I, like in hallways. Um, in corridors, uh, co- co- corridors, hallways outside of the school, um, sort of in the playground, in classrooms, pretty much everywhere apart f- from the toilet, <laughs> which I'm so grateful for. Um, so it was it was basically rigged up, and we were told that only three cameras would be turned on at a time. But we weren't told which ones were sort of turned on. No way. Um, and then, yeah, out of nowhere, I was j- just this sort of sh- shy kid trying 
to actually talk in class, like mm-hmm. n- nothing else, just trying to actually talk, having a sort of net of friends who were there trying to help me. Of course, facing a lot of bullying as well, but yeah. um, I think they sort of saw that I was trying. Um, I wasn't trying the hardest, if I'm completely honest, but I was trying, and it was trying to talk, not trying to get my GCSEs at that, at that moment in time. And then I just got approached and, and asked that, hi, we'd love to have you on the show. And I had nothing to actually say. And that was pretty much how I felt at first, knowing that I couldn't really talk. And then it sort of dwelled on me and I just thought, well, okay, let's let's just see where it goes. So I, I came home on the same sort of evening. I had this sort of like, a for piece of paper which had like the terms and conditions. Of course, I um no one really reads those, so <laughs> I just I just passed it on to my parents and said like, uh, look, this is um this is what I've been told. Um, so if if you want, we c- we can give it a go. And I, I think they were also quite quite sort of nervous, yeah, uh, not really knowing what would sort of happen. Yeah. Um, so it was it it was. A very sort of interesting sort of concept trying to ex- explain at home that this TV show was being filmed at the school and I was chosen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just having to explain that was um, sort of a hurdle itself. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. Were your parents and were you a little bit nervous that it might not be shown in the best light, like that you could get some backlash from it, from like other people not being very kind about it? Yes, of course. Um, I feel like a c- couple of people have been on Educating Yorkshire and they've not really been shown in the best way. Yeah. Uh, I'm just really fortunate that the that directors had a bit of sympathy uh, <laughs> and <laughs> and were able to show me in in a sort of a l- limelight that really showed that I was I, I was really trying. And I think it was I think I was completely honest with not trying to get my face on on. TV, but just trying to find a way or finding a sort of a map out of school with the best grades uh, and trying to actually talk. And that was something, it, it was just trying to talk, which really hit me yeah. pretty much every day in school. So, and I think my parents also thought that with the addition of having a camera, that could go either way. Yeah. No, absolutely. That makes complete sense. Wow, what an experience. And um, so that moment when Mr. Burton suggests that you try those headphones on, I bet you get asked this a million times, but whilst you were doing your speech and you put these headphones on, did you think it was going to work? Did you Had you seen the, the King's speech? Did you think that you'd put these on and you'd be able to suddenly be able to do the speech? Or were you thinking, now this isn't going to work? This is just one of these ideas that a teacher comes up with that, yeah, we'll try it not gonna work honestly i'm not lying at all i promise you i'm not i i i had no clue that it would work i, I thought yeah. surely it can't i've worn earphones many many times in the past but i've never tried to talk whilst i'm listening to anything <laughs> so when he asked me to wear those earphones and he put on the music i think you can see the expression on my face i i take a deep breath once I've talked or once I've read this poem and I just think like I'm sort of amazed as to how it's worked and I I look at him and he looks at me and I think that moment in time it just made me realize that this teacher would give everything he had in order for me to talk and I always say this like I'm I'm really fortunate to also be a keynote speaker where I go into schools and I 
talk about this journey in depth, but I think it's just like seeing that he was a teacher, not trying to only make me pass those GCSEs, those crucial GCSEs I needed, but knowing that he was that speech therapist who was trying to help me find a way out or finding a voice, if that is. Yeah. So just, I can't really sum up into words how, how crazy it was just listening and just talking and just thinking how on earth has this worked like Your what, face, when, it, when what I was watching on? it you can actually see I think the teenagers faces tell it all as well don't they but you can actually <laughs> see it on your face you, it's like this you're speaking but you're like wait a minute how is this happening how am I able yeah. to do this and yeah Mr Burton's looking at you looking the same and it's it's an amazing yeah really really yeah. amazing to watch and it must be wonderful that it's captured on it's captured there for you like that moment that massive moment in your life not just in television history but in your life is actually captured there for mm-hmm. you to have a look you can always look back on can't you it's lovely yeah. absolutely brilliant it's an amazing feeling i think just one thing like i, I just say that uh one thing that that is it wasn't just wearing headphones there were a s- series of sort of techniques which i used in order to actually build the confidence to actually wear those headphones and i think oh. that wasn't really shown on the show no but i, I try and as amazing as it was being on educating Yorkshire, wearing those headphones was i think sort of that last step that I needed but I tried so many different methods so many like different trials uh, and one in particular was I'm not really sure who told me at the time I think it was my science teacher uh, and he was just talking about this contract that he had with his mobile phone mm-hmm. and then he, he just explained that the that the call center couldn't really turn the phone off on him so I thought okay perfect that's a perfect <laughs> perfect opportunity where I can just call <laughs> ask, ask as brilliant. many questions ask as many questions as I want and I was just talking about like iPhone like three at the time I was talking about text and minutes and all sorts and then as soon as they would ask me for car, uh, card details that was the moment I would turn it off and I would restart the cycle of speaking again so I used so many different methods just to sort of lead up uh, sort of a lead up onto that moment of wearing those headphones yeah that's really interesting and such a shame that we weren't able to see them because it did look like he just <laughs> he just come out of nowhere with that brilliant technique and then it just tried and it worked but yeah it's interesting and good I think for our listeners to hear that there were mm-hmm. lots of things that you tried because there will be teachers and Senkos listening who will have yeah. children in their classes perhaps with a stammer and it's not just about one magic thing is it it's yeah lots of different techniques that you can try and different things work for different people and I suppose not to be disillusioned if they try the technique that worked for you and it yeah. doesn't work for them. Yeah, of course. I've, I've seen in the past that a lot of teachers have messaged me, a lot of students have and asked, well, I've, I've tried wearing the headphones and it's not helped. Yeah. Like, why is it working? Why can it work for you? And why is it not working for me? So I think the best thing that I say is, I think stammering is it's very different. It's, it's I, I think it's like, it's sort of... Um, not the best word to use but I think it's sort of tailored for each and every person so it works in its own mysterious way Uh, and you just have to find out what works for you I feel like even though as amazing as it is wearing headphones and talking you can't really use it it's not a practical sort of method so I needed to use different different methods uh, to actually talk so I have a massive list of like breathing methods that I use and I 
give to a lot of students and they see that it's, it's so much more practical. It's something that they can try and, and practice on. So it's, it, it's not just about wearing headphones. Yeah, I know that makes sense because I suppose at the moment, obviously people can't see us, but at the moment, Mushi's talking yeah. to me with headphones on. So you can't actually be listening to music whilst we're on the recording because I'd be everyone would be able to hear the music you're <laughs> listening to. So at the moment, are you, what strategies are you using today? Are you using breathing techniques? Is that what you do? Yeah, so I I went on quite a few uh, uh, quite a few courses mm. that was mainly about uh, just controlling this dharma that I had. So I use a lot of breathing methods. So I take a lot of pauses, and if I feel like I'm just about to hit a block, I sort of don't try and force it out. Uh, a lot of people try and like twitching and, and start pushing and start thumping their hand on their on their legs, uh, which is quite painful as well so <laughs> i think there's a lot of methods that people try just yeah to actually talk and it just makes me think how important talking actually is in itself that yeah. people try anything and everything but i use a variety of different methods to help me talk and i think those methods just make me sound so much more coherent yeah rather than trying to push through and and even being in this sort of setting uh, of wearing headphones and talking knowing that there's no video element even though there is one right now but knowing that audio is the only thing that is needed in this sort of place Mm -hmm. and time i think that sort of adds that pressure but if you if you start if if you dwell on it too much and you start thinking oh my god God, I can't talk and I can't really get these words out. I'm scared. I'm so nervous. Then you start feeling those emotions. And I think if you are able to control those, and it's hard. I, I, can't, I can't lie and say, well, no, I'm, I'm perfect. I can speak fluently and I'm this and I'm that. No, of course not. I, I'm not. Um, I, I proudly admit I'm not a fluent speaker. I probably n- never will be, but I will try yeah. and I will try and push through uh just trying to basically show that even though I'm not a fluent speaker, I've, I've, I've gone on to achieve certain things that I, I never thought I could ever achieve. And that was based through the support and having a teacher who wasn't very emotional. And I think if you, if you get that mixed up, if you, if you're a very emo- quite emotional in that setting, then it, those emotions sort of take over yeah. and you try so much harder, but then you, you don't really try as hard, I feel, if, if you just take it as it comes. Yeah. If, if that makes any sense. No, it makes sense. complete sense. It's, it's inspirational. It really is. I know I said oh, it at the start, and you, I think that word gets thrown around quite a lot, but it really is. <laughs> and it's lovely to hear that you've got a toolbox, if you like, of different techniques that you use and like dipping in yeah. and out and try different ones. Because I think, like you say, people listening will, yeah, if they've tried putting the headphones on and it's not worked, it can, I imagine, mm-hmm. a bit disillusioning for them. So good to know that there's different things they can try and different things, I suppose, that work on different days, perhaps, or mm-hmm. at different times. Really useful. So you're, so could you explain what a stammer actually is then, just in case somebody's got this far on the podcast and they don't actually know what we're talking about? <laughs> of course. Uh, so I, I believe that a stammer, to my sort of knowledge, is uh, a block within your throat or within your mouth, which which doesn't allow you to actually speak as fluently compared to others. So it's it's sort of like a mental block, a physical block. It's it is. I can express it as a block only. Yeah. I think that that's my sort of interpretation of what a truly is. It, it's it's sort of a block that 
you can't really pass. And of course, people try and push through, as I've like mentioned, but it, it just really causes uh, sort of a really mental problem where you feel days or weeks of anxiety, uh, feeling as if I can't really take part in anything. And I think a lot of um, a lot of students um, must have felt that. But it's not only with students. I feel that it's happened with a lot of um, adults as well yeah. who also feel that uh, feel that sort of anxiety and that sort of barrier in trying to actually talk so it is a feeling that really makes you feel like you can't do anything even though you have like a a mouth of voice box and all these different components that allow you to actually talk you just feel as if you can't talk And, and the best way that i've 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 been able to explain it is it's like a person who who wears glasses um, he he or she can take those glasses off, but they can't really see what's in front of them at times. Dep- of course, dep- depending on what sort of impairment they have. Yeah. But it's mainly that if a p- person who can't see long distance, he needs glasses. He still has those eyes. He 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 or she has those components, but he he or she can't see. Yeah. Um, so it's the exact same way. I'm I'm not trying to force these words or, or I'm not trying to be a fluent speaker even though I feel that I can um, I can't and that's something I have to really take on board so I think that's what a stammer tr- truly is it's um, it's something that mentally sort of blocks you and physically blocks you in order to actually talk yeah that's a brilliant explanation absolutely brilliant so oh, when you. so when did your stammer begin can I ask you that like I don't think uh, from what I've researched I like to research my guests beforehand and yeah. from what I you didn't from what I've read anyway it says that you didn't have didn't have a stammer as a young child but then you got yeah. it sort of when you were a kid is that right yeah of course so I, I I like to explain this quite early on in the talks I do yeah um, so I I actually suffered from an asthma attack quite early on oh, wow. as a kid I do remember being in like primary school and just just having this sort of this sort of block where I, I couldn't breathe oh and I just just basically fell to the floor and woke up in the hospital bed and I was I had like all these tubes and all sorts of things on me and I just thought what is happening uh, and I woke up trying to actually talk and I, I, I remember the nurse asking if I if I wanted anything to eat and I tried to, to say toast and I couldn't I couldn't say toast and I just kept hitting it hitting this block of tea t- 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 and she kept on looking over and saying um, pardon me like what are you wanting uh, and I, I just I sort of like couldn't explain it that yeah. I, I can't say toast like what is going on I, yeah. I, I just can't say it and then I went home and my parents could see like at first we all thought well I was told that it's probably the medication that I was on it's probably that's why it's it's in your system so maybe it's just it's one of the side effects and I thought okay yeah should be okay but days went on by weeks and it just got worse and and then I think with tumbling as well quite early on when I was um, five or six at the time, I I thought it was um, it was some sort of like 
disease or some t- type of treatment that I could take which would cure it. I thought it was probably a viral infection or yeah. whatever it is as a kid. Yeah, because she would be. Yeah, that makes sense. Everything you get when you're a kid, it's always like bugs, isn't it? We pick up from yeah, school. So we just presume it'd be the same. I thought it's just something I've picked up at school yeah. and I, I probably just have some type of medication. And I think the hardest thing for me was going into that doctor's surgery and actually hearing the doctor explain to my mom that um, Mushraf would never be able to actually speak fluently ever again. Well, he would, he won't, he won't speak fluently ever. Um, and I think hearing those words quite early on made oh me think. Goodness. I just thought, well, he's just torn me into pieces here. I'm, I'm literally torn. Yeah. I, I've just been told. I've just been told by a professional that I won't ever be able to actually speak fluently ever, and I think I I heard those words and I just had two options: either I, I I believed what he said, and I think that really that had a massive impact quite early on. I I tried to learn sign language. I Brilliant. didn't really get far, uh, but I hated it. I thought, why am I trying to learn something? When I know I can talk, like yeah. I know I can talk, I I, I don't need this. Uh, so I just, of course, certain days I would I, I would think, actually I don't have a I don't have no hope in this. I don't have yeah. a, a choice. And then certain days I'd be quite motivated and think, well, actually I do. So it was sort of like that ongoing battle that I sort of faced, uh, trying to actually find a cure, but really it wasn't curing anything. It was just accepting who I was. And I feel like the moment I accepted who I truly was, it just sort of took off that weight that I had on me. Oh goodness! Is that so? Asthma attacks is that a common? Do you know, is that a common cause of stammers? Do you know? Or... I'm not. I'm not really sure if I'm completely yeah. honest. I, I just know from my myself experience. Yeah. I know people that have had strokes in the past right. who have resulted in stammering after. So it could be maybe some sort of damage that happens mentally yeah. that causes something to happen and then of course then stumbling occurs but i'm not i'm not really sure no no, no if i'm honest fine. gosh that like you say hearing those words by the doctor at such a young age that must have been really really difficult and challenging and difficult for your parents as well i imagine hearing mm-hmm. that and um their, their worries for you and yeah they must be ever so proud of what you've achieved and <laughs> where no, you're from. Not, like honestly i, I I'm not saying this because I feel like I have to. I, I truly believe that um, teachers, honestly, they can change a young person's life completely. They can really, they, they mold individuals into anything they want. And I think if they have the attitude to make their children or make the students achieve anything, and it's not only, I feel, the students, I think the colleagues and the sort of environment yeah. that we create, it's like planting a seed and just sort of watering it and giving it this giving it that sort of sun I, it's the exact same way i feel like teachers teachers are in this sort of uh, in this sort of metaphor are, is the sort of water yeah and the sun that radiates are, are those teachers are the heads those head teachers and those uh, those um teachers that support students yeah. so we need that as 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 the seed that we are we need that help yeah. And we need that growth. And the only way we'll grow is by having the environment and having the people to help us push and achieve those 
achieve those grades or achieve those goals yeah. in life. And I suppose it's not just the grades, is it for you? I imagine the biggest impact was that your teacher was able to give you that voice and help you help you with that more than more than any of the GCSEs and that side of things. Yeah, it's a um, impact is that. I, n- I never went into school thinking that my teacher would find me a way to talk. Yeah. I never, ever thought that. And I, I don't think any kid in my sort of shoes would have ever thought that. I just thought, I always thought school education was G- GCSEs, um, college, uni, or yeah. work, and that's it. Like, all these different battles that we face aren't really counted. It's not something that you ask a teacher for mm-hmm. help with. In, in respect to so I I knew quite early on that uh, stammering was something I needed help with yeah. so I thought well why not ask like what is the harm yeah and and I'm so glad I asked it was more than education I feel at that moment in time it was more than anything I've ever achieved and even this using this voice and having the confidence of talking it all stems down to having this support that I did having that Mr Burton pushing me and nudging me and all those teachers, Mrs. Marzen, I can count all the teachers who helped me, who pushed me, who tested me, who harshed me, who made me, who, who just sort of pressured me and just told me that, look, you can. Even even on the days if they had no clue, even if they thought that there's a possibility that it might not work out for Mushraf, but they made me believe that it, it was okay. They made me believe that was more than what I, I thought I was capable of. And I think that is the sort of setting. And I think that is what a teacher truly is. It's not just about those grades. It's about making kids realize that education isn't just about grades. It's about leadership skills. It's about confidence skills. It's about knowing how to interact with people within school and outside of school. I think that is what a teacher truly is. Oh, teachers are going to love listening to this much. You're like <laughs> teacher's biggest fan, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, no, I really am. Like, honestly, I, I really am. I, yeah, I, I really, really am. I just, I feel like if you're in connection with any student, if mm. you're teaching anyone, whether it's in, in the college setting, in the high school, uh, in secondary school, if you're in a position in life where you have an impact on a child, you can change that young person's life. Honestly, I, I can't really yeah. explain it anymore. You're going to make you... people feel so lovely listening to this. I know as a teacher oh. myself, like I was a teacher for a while and like it's, you know, day in, day out and there's a lot of pressure, for external pressure as well and it's, mm-hmm. it's tough going and I think to hear a lot of teachers listen to this and hearing someone saying you know thank you and like all the things that they can actually do to help children and young people and make their lives better I think you're going to make people feel really really warm inside and nice so thank you no like honestly I think my sort of um my sort of journey shows it it really like I I can't I'm not trying to sit here and and give any anything false I'm just I'm really trying to show that look this is what a teacher did not it doesn't mean that these moments only happen in that school yeah these moments happen across every single school any any sort of setting whether it's in the workplace uh, outside of education these these things happen these light bulb moments happen and you can create those moments yeah, it's you it's only you yeah we as students are just led on this long path but you guys are the leaders um and and i think we need them we really really need those leaders and those leaders are teachers yeah 
That's lovely. Really, really lovely. And it makes people feel so, so good about themselves. It's so true. Like, yes, yours was seen, yours, you know, yours is a, a good story and it was seen on TV. But you're like, you're right, there will be lots of maybe smaller moments happening all the time in classrooms right now um, mm-hmm. that are having an impact on children's lives forever. Course, and there'll be 100%. children, yeah, there's children that, or adults now that look back and will think of those defining moments that a teacher might not even remember or words they've said that's planted that seed that's helped them think, yeah, I can do this or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna do great things with it. It's wonderful. Um, well, so I was going to talk to you about school in general with a stammer. Were your classmates sort of inclusive then you said you had a good group of friends that sort of sheltered you a little bit but was were people kind to you yeah I, I'd say at first I in in year seven year eight I faced a lot of bullying yeah. and I think that was based on the f- fact that no one really knew what a stammer was right. I had no clue as to what a stammer truly was as well and I think kids like apart from like my haircut at the time, I think I lo- I seemed okay, <laughs> but but every time I tried to actually talk, there was a block that I yeah. hit, and kids just had no idea as to how how challenging it was, uh, and I think I was trying to express even 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 on the occasions I I tried to actually express that I was finding it hard. I couldn't. I I, I just couldn't get those words out. I couldn't seek help. Yeah, and I just thought, like, what is actually going on? Like, I, I can't, I can't even try and seek help. I can't do anything at this moment in time. I'm just getting bullied for something that I cannot control at all. Yeah. If fair enough, if if it's a haircut, I can change, but <laughs> I can't, I can't change something no. that I can't, I can't really c- control. So I think it was quite tough, and I think that my friends were there to push me and tell me that it's okay it's fine you can do whatever it is and I think labeling it as a stammer itself or labeling it as an issue was something that my friends and teachers didn't really say in front of me even though it probably was it probably was a a massive issue but I think them not labeling it uh, or making it seem that it was greater than it truly was really helped me yeah. to also think that it was okay it's something that I can um, overcome yeah brilliant so not making a big deal of it and sort of just getting yeah. on with it and trying yeah trying to help you in the ways that they could as well so yeah. what did you find the most difficult at school then what would you say was the hardest thing you were doing at school I, th- I think algebra was the hardest thing I just really did not understand that but yeah um, I, I think for me quite early on it was trying to see where I would fit in yeah trying to see where I would fit in in this massive school coming in into school in year seven wearing this extremely large jumper <laughs> that was probably passed down from siblings um, just <laughs> trying to understand where I would fit like in, in a school with, with people who are fluent speakers and then everyone that I came across was a fluent speaker apart from maybe two three individuals um, who were like older or one guy who was in the same sort of year as me but I think we and and I sort of felt that we had no sort of place here yeah Uh, and I felt like if everyone's speaking fluently if there's a if all of my teachers my uh, science English, maths, PE, like everyone's a fluent speaker. Every classmate I have is a fluent speaker. Like, where do I fit in? Like, yeah. I have no room here. And I'm trying to, tr- I was trying to create 
place or create an environment where people would see beyond the stammer that I had. And I think that was the hardest bit. The hardest bit was trying to open up and having those very difficult, broken sentence question, um, conversations where I would try to talk and people would find out he can't even speak. Yeah. He, I was pushed aside. Uh, and I think that sort of had an impact on my um, sort of quite early on going into like classroom, well, being in the classroom, I'll try answer a question. And even though I felt I knew what the answer was, I, I was sort of told, no, 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 that it's okay. And I think it's not, it's not really the fault of the teachers as well. It's just, it's sort of that moment where you can't really blame, you can't really sort of blame anyone. Sort of can, but can't as well at the same yeah. time. So it's um, it was quite hard. Um, so certain questions that I didn't know the answer to, I I would tr- try and ask, but I would get nervous and think, well, I'm I'm gonna ask it in front of everyone, yeah, and they're gonna laugh at me. So is it better that I just get the answer wrong and not ask? Uh, oh and that was, gosh, yeah. biggest, that was the biggest. That was the biggest. The biggest thing that I that hit me as a kid was knowing that I didn't know the answer but not asking yeah uh, and I think that really had an impact because I, I sort of wasted a lot of years just not getting it not getting the best grade in school um in in those early on years and even in even in my GCSEs I feel like I c- could have got so much more well get uh, or got the grades that I thought I could have if only I had taken that step early on if yeah. I had only taken that step and said well no I don't know what the answer is but I'm willing to ask I'll, I'll put my hand up and ask if I sit here and get the answer wrong then that won't help me either way yeah that's such a good point I hadn't thought of that naively I just thought that the difficulties would be like answering questions but I'd mm-hmm. forgotten that actually you need it to ask questions don't you to be able to get yeah. better at the subjects that you're doing I, ha- I genuinely and I apologize I hadn't thought of that but yeah I hadn't no, no, no. but I imagine that's the case for a lot of teachers who might not yes. have experience with somebody who got a stammer in their class and then of course they're yeah then they're thinking okay well speaking you know doing the oral GCSE exam is yeah. an obvious one that would have been tricky but not realizing mm-hmm. that you're not just being shy by not even putting your hand up, but it's actually there's a barrier there, and there's a reason you're not. Yeah, putting your hand up. yeah. And it's and I think it's not even with people that have a s- s- stammer. There's a lot of kids mm-hmm. that, with, of course, with COVID happening, a lot of a lot of students will be facing a lot of adversity. Yeah. But they're too shy yeah. or too scared to actually ask and get that answer. Yeah. And I think uh, I I hope teachers don't really overlook that and say, oh. He's probably just um, he's he's pr- he or she or they are just pr- probably feeling a bit down, yeah. And it should be okay, but then that sort of accumulates, and I think it just it gets worse and worse. Yeah. And I think as 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 a kid, I used to think if my teacher isn't caring as much, if the answer is wrong, then maybe the right answer isn't as as amazing as it is. Yeah. maybe getting the wrong answer is, is okay and I think that is such a tricky thing that teachers need to keep an eye out on every every sort of moment in school just n- knowing that what other barriers is that child facing mm. how can I get that child to open up and express how they're feeling of course there's 
there's a lot of support that teachers get and I think there's a lot of obviously uh, background of the child this this sort of environment at home but I think they today's sort of things I think a teacher knows more and, and, and a teacher can sort of figure out what those things are yeah, and then sort of correct those mistakes but if you leave a child and think well um, he or she has a stammer or he or she has some sort of um, mental disorder or whatever it is physical whatever it may be yeah. but as a teacher if I say um, he's not asking so he's probably he or she is okay um, if, if they try and answer they don't know what the answer is it's probably a sort of a bad day but it really could be something so much more yeah so you really need to be on point in that sort of in that sort of element in knowing that how important it truly is and I think with COVID happening that awareness needs to actually be raised so much more uh, because of course I had I was in a classroom with students who were fluent who were answering questions who are so confident who could just say anything whenever could act a certain way could say anything they were treated not really treated but they were sort of seen as the these are the a a students like these are the guys or the people who who will go on and achieve anything me i don't really know i I, I don't know what i'll achieve i I, I don't think i'll achieve anything and i think we really need to break that with like that is something we have to actually break Uh, and i just feel like a lot of kids need that sort of help and every and I know, of course, it's, it's so hard. Um, teachers get bashed every single day with all sorts, but I, I really think that teachers can, even if they give that little bit more, they really can change a person's life. And I think that little bit more happened with me. Yeah. That little bit more, that, okay, we'll listen to what he says. Okay, we'll, we'll push him a bit more, just slowly pushing, pushing, and then it just sort of exploded and I was able to, to reach those goals but that all stems down to, of course, I I know that I I put all the time and the effort in, but how how did I reach that? How like how I couldn't have just woken up one day and and felt like I'm a confident person now. No, it was a a series of events which took place. Yeah, and it's that like you say, teachers just going above and beyond. Just even if it's ever so slightly, but incrementally mm-hmm. going above and beyond has that impact doesn't it because it is if you've got children in a class and you've got 30 in your class and there's some of them make perhaps misbehaving and you've got ones Mm -hmm. that I've always got the hand up those ones the children or the young people who are sat there who aren't always asking questions but are being quiet they can get easily missed can't they Mm -hmm. yeah so important not to miss them and to look into the reasons why they might not be putting their hand up or do they do they understand what's going on have they got any questions can we help support them in any Mm -hmm. other ways that's really, yeah. really important. It's so true. Uh, I think just one like one little thing that, that I just thought I'd say is mm. um, there was an incident with Mr. Byrne. I don't think he'll even remember this ever happening. Yeah. But it was at the time. I hope he does. Um, I've never really mentioned this ever. But Ooh, I hope exclusive to so, my podcast. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's exclusive. So I've, I've mentioned it in talks in the past, but no, I think it just really shows the impact the teacher has. Mm. But I... Um, there was this incident in school, year eight. I remember it like it just happened yesterday. Um, I had an incident where a kid just was bullying me completely, like from like nine till 
about 12. Oh, for, so like half of the school day, mm-hmm. I was just getting bullied. Um, and then I went to Mr. Burton and he wasn't part of, like he wasn't a lead that was in charge of bullying or anything like yeah. that. Uh, but I just thought like, I need to ask, I need to ask for help. But it was it was also his sort of break that he was having his own break. He was marking papers, and I was crying at the time. And I went straight into uh, I basically run up these stairs, and I was just about to actually go into his classroom. And I just opened I opened the door, and he was just sat there with a massive pile of books, um, and he was marking away. And it was a very unusual thing that I saw. And it was just Mr. Burton with his tie out of place. His, uh, his, his top button was undone. His sleeves were rolled up. He, was, he had his hand on his head. He was marking away. And he had his, uh, his pregnant wife on the phone at the time with the first daughter, Olivia. Uh-huh. And I, I, I think I saw at that moment in time that teachers are humans yeah. as well. And I think that, that was something that I never, ever thought. I would ever see or I, I never really took into account that teachers are also humans and I just hear all I can hear him explaining how it's been a long day and, and, and all this and th- things that I never thought I would ever hear a teacher say and immediately I just I just walked in like after just hearing him just expressing and I think it was because I just really wanted to overcome this uh, this podium incident that I was facing so I opened the door and I went straight in and immediately he turned his his pregnant wife at the time he turned the call off wow. he rolled his sleeve back down he sorted his tie and he said uh, how is everything like what's going on wow. and I think that moment yeah. that sort of moment that I had made me think that it's not about it's not about like th- this whole thing that we've talked about about reaching those grades and getting those grades but being a human and being treated in a way where I could ask Mr. Burton anything yeah. and he just gave me that little bit of thing where he he sort of gave me that hope that I could turn and ask for any sort of help and immediately we went downstairs and I pointed out as to who it was and it was resolved in that moment Amazing. in time. But I, I only knew that after leaving school how that crucial moment that I had just made me think how important teachers are that sort of little moment that I it must have been huge for like him or for anyone else but I just saw it at the time as as such a small thing but now after all these years I see how important it was I see how amazing it was that he just gave that little bit more and he didn't have to at the time he could could have just told me look I, I got a look it's break time. Um, just wait downstairs. I'll see you in period four or five, and we'll talk about it after class. But no, it was just immediate response, immediate action after. And I suppose seeing him like prioritize you over his family, seeing him prioritize you over his wife, and, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you, know, but you know, I mean, that's that's massive for kids, isn't it? Because you, yeah. you feel important. He made you feel like that. He was clearly on a break. He was clearly having some time to himself, and then he mm-hmm. just thought, you know what, no. Much is yeah, more important I, in this in this instant, and that must make you feel like you can come to them. You're not you're not arrived at that door, and he's in his sh- you know he's all done up in his shirt, yeah. and he's looking really smart, and he's too busy, and tells you to go away. But 
yeah imagine what yeah, would happen if he hadn't if he'd have been the opposite the of course that would have yeah happened. and i think and and i think that's how crucial it is working in the environment of teaching these mm-hmm. little moments happen where that could really change a child's perspective in of school yeah and i think those those as 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 scary as it is teachers are in that field where they are literally whatever they do whatever they say how they act amongst each other amongst uh, students they really have an impact they really can shape change a person's view whatever it is i I can't really explain anymore but they really have that impact and i think that made me feel as as you said it made me feel important yeah. at the time and 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 i sort of knew after that moment growing up i knew that i can't, I can't ever face adversity that i can't overcome now yeah. like if a person has that much faith in me if that one has so much pa- has that much patience and is there to support me through anything i really can't get give up on that person after yeah. everything they've tried and after everything they've given me all the time all the hours even if it was like half an hour that incident actually took i can't let that person down i can't let these people down and i think that sort of gave me that determination to actually find this voice i now have yeah oh wow so my colleague helen collins who writes oh yeah she wrote an article for twinkle about you didn't she a little while ago and yeah i'm um, i think in it you said and i'll quote you i've got it written down you said saying it's a problem that needs treatment people who stammer will see it as a bigger problem just give them time to talk so this is talking about your views about treatment for stammers and we touched on it a mm-hmm. little bit what what are your views on on treatment i really believe that I think treatment, like there's, uh, I think the NHS offers speech and language therapy, which I think is amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing serv- uh, service, which I used quite early on mm-hmm. as a kid. And it, it really helped me to be in an environment of others that had the same same issue as me. And I think that was nice. But even I, even I sort of call it an issue. You see, I'm so used to calling yeah, yeah. it an issue, calling it a problem. I think quite early on, it's sort of just hearing it as, oh, he's got a speaking problem, yeah. or he's got a stammering problem, or he's he can't talk fluently. That's because he's got some type of problem. You know, yeah. referring to it as a problem is just going to make a person think more and more of it and think of it as a problem. Mm-hmm. But if you don't treat it as as something which it's now of course i think we all know as a stammerer i think we all know the challenges that we face but if we sort of drilled in every single day a problem a a problem this that or the other then how how on earth are you going to overcome that yeah you you, it's just so hard to overcome that and i think that was something even to this day in the talks that I'm really fortunate enough to actually give, I talk about a speaking problem, and I always say, "No, no, it's it's not a problem. <laughs> it's 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 a way of how I express myself. It's not normal. It might not be normal, but it's okay though. I I don't mind that. But I think if we label it as a problem, it just increases more of a problem in our own sort of mind. Yeah. Whatever it is, whether yeah. it's stammering. Whether it's any visual impairment, hearing it, uh, impairment, whatever it is, I think if we treat it as a problem, then we will 
we, we'll, we'll slowly be, believe it is. And I think I sort of at times, I'll be completely honest, at times I do also see it as a problem. I, I just yeah. think like it is a problem then. If everyone sees it as a problem, then what else What else is it? Yeah. It, it, has, it has to actually be, be a pr- problem. So it's kind of hard, but I think it's so important that teachers don't, and I think people don't, label it as as a problem if you treat it as a as a problem then that child will also see it as as one as well yeah no that makes complete sense i was looking into stammering and it was um i came across this no diverse disfluency campaign can you explain what that is then yeah so that is a campaign which is it's just trying to get people that have a stammer on tv on the radio in in sort of mainly in in the media field in, in media outlets and I think it's so important and it's such a great in- initiative it was part of uh, Stammering Awareness Day uh, yeah. uh, last year and it was a massive thing and I think it's so important having representatives of Stammering of people that are, are fluent speakers on it well in the media a lot I'm not really sure if there are any other presenters out there if there are any any entertainers anyone out there who is, who does have a stammer mm-hmm. apart from people like celebrities who have opened so um people like ed sheeran who have opened yeah, up about having a stammer but i think i think as a kid you hear that and it's like wow yeah that's crazy like he's just opened up about having a stammer like what what on earth like where did, did that c- yeah. come from or stars like Stormzy who have expressed that they also had a stammer mm-hmm. as a child now but I think we need more of that we yeah. really need more of that the same with any other type of adversity people are facing I think we need more of that on tv or, or on the radio I think that's what the campaign is mainly focused on it's about trying to get people that are fluent in mainstream media and as a kid um I think it was like in year 10, year 11, where I'm not sure if you heard, but someone called Gareth Gates who, who came yeah, on Pop, Pop Idol. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> An old show called Pop Idol. Oh, right? I used to love <laughs> Pop Idol. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, he was, uh, he was uh, of course, on the show and he expressed how yeah, um, he couldn't okay, speak. Yeah, yeah he course. couldn't speak he fluently. Could he? And then he could sing beautifully, but when he tried to speak, he, he struggled. Yeah. Mm. And that was it. I think we, I saw that and I thought, well, maybe I'm not going to go into the singing <laughs> career. But it was it was nice, though. It was really nice having that. Having that someone that, okay, of course I had this support from Mr. Burton, but as harsh as it, uh, as it is, he didn't know how it felt no. to have one. And I think other people that didn't really know but this support I had which is of course amazing but I didn't have someone that I could really look up to and say well he or she has a stammer or they have a st- uh, stammer but they've gone on to achieve yeah. whatever there is despite having a stammer so I can as well yeah. I think I, I never really had that quite early on and I think a lot of kids don't but I'm hoping they sort of have that now. Yeah. I'm hoping that not only me, but I'm hoping they'll look at me in a definitely, yeah, in a, in in sort of a decent way. But I think there's a, a lot of people out there who are now creating the awareness of what a stammer is, and I think we need that. 
we need that a lot more. I think a lot of kids out there need that help, need that push, not only from their teachers or their educators, but people that they can look up to and say he or she or they have gone on to achieve yeah. whatever they want. Yeah, because when you said when you were in year seven and you started secondary school and you were you didn't know where your place was, I suppose if you'd have yeah. seen people on TV who had a mm-hmm. stammer, you'd have been able to see, okay, well, I do have a place in the world. There is something for me out there, like mm-hmm. what they've been able to achieve and that hopefully what you're doing will help. You'll be a role model to lots of people, I imagine, who, who are seeing this and thinking actually, or listening to this and thinking actually, yeah, um, it's okay and I'll be fine. It's just of course. confidence, isn't it? It, it really is and I think that, that was one of the main reasons why I got into journalism I think yeah. that was something that I re- I felt like I think as um, brown folks we're in the s- s- science industry and yeah. I think we've sort of cleared it out with pharmacists and, and doctors and <laughs> dentists and all sorts but I don't see any of us going into into the sort of media yeah. and I think that's a bit of a sh- shame um, it, probably it's also because we have Asian parents who feel like doing medicine and dentistry is the only option. Yeah. But <laughs> I think it's so important that we're also told about the other opportunities that we can go out and achieve. And I think I, I really wanted to actually do j- journalism based on having the experience and having the exposure that I had on yeah. the show. And I was so fortunate that I was able to, to go into uni and do something which I saw, which at first I, I, it was it was so hard yeah. doing like radio and doing like podcasting and learning about all that sort of mm-hmm. element. And I was just like, okay, this is a lot more challenging than I actually thought. Um, uh, and I think, but it's it's also not nice facing that ch- challenge. So like last night I had a massive interview. So I'm working as a journalist now part-time journalist and part-time public speaker keynote speaker so it's a bit of a mixed sort of thing I have but yeah I am I had a a massive interview last night in Derby with Michael Owen oh wow and so yeah I was um it wasn't (laughs) uh, yeah I think um I think it made me think that like I'm not a fluent speaker I'm not I'm I openly admit I'm not and I think everyone there was speaking so fluently asking questions and I thought okay this is the moment where I live up to all those words or all those talks that I'm so fortunate enough to actually give like this is that yeah. moment I can talk it all I can I can w- 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 um, I can sort of waffle as much as I want <laughs> but, but these are the moments I, I need to make sure I capitalize lies on this mm. so I went up to him and um, I was shaking at first I was I was really nervous just thinking well okay this is Michael Owen yeah like who can say that and I was I'm, I'm just really fortunate um I've not sent the photo yet to Mr. Burton so I don't think he'll be happy uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah straight away is that with <laughs> yeah. yeah I just I just had to get a photo with Michael Owen and I just thought I need to send this to Matthew as soon as so yeah I was just standing there and asking him a question and he was quite happy to answer and he was he was quite jolly and quite open and I I walked away from that interview and I just thought like I really have 
shown that you can achieve anything like who whoever thought i never thought i would be standing in a room with him and i'm just i just asked him a couple of questions and he was he was quite happy and he's quite open and i think that and i i know this sounds as if i'm just saying it but yeah it it comes from the support i had in school that teacher made me think that I can do anything and now I'm crazy enough to believe I can. So so I'll do it. Yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine though, if you were able to go and see your 16 year old self and be like, hey, guess what? When you're 25, you're going to be interviewing Michael Owen. I bet you wouldn't have believed it, would you? No, of course not. I I, I think first thing I'd say, please, um, let's go have a haircut first. And then then after that, (laughs) I will explain. No, no, of course not. So yeah, so I think, yeah, it just really does show that you can achieve anything. Yeah. And I think this campaign really ex- expresses how we need more people out there who are fluent speakers to actually take on those opportunities. And I think I, I, I take a massive, I, I take pride in that. Yeah. Knowing that I'm, I'm sort of changing it every yeah, single day. I'm, I'm trying to. As well. and yeah. I suppose for people that not, it's not even just for, you know, young people who've got a stammer. I suppose it's for everyone to be able to see mm. it as part of normal day life, yeah. it normalises, doesn't it? And it becomes less of a big deal for the people who have a stammer. So if mm-hmm. if we're seeing people on the news, if we're seeing people on podcasts, on TV, everywhere, who have got stammers and are okay and are fine and are happy, do you know what I mean? And are living mm-hmm. normal lives, then it makes people feel, yeah, accepted. And it, yeah. Of course. And I think that that is the sort of like end goal that I'm trying to reach. Like I'm trying to sort of reach, like I always get asked, like, what are you achieving in life then? Yeah. And I think that it's that end goal where a kid can look up to me or look up and say, I, I, I believe I can do what Oshaf is doing based yeah. on, on me. Yeah. And I based on what I've achieved. And I really, I, I feel like that's sort of like something I'm trying to help kids, people see that. Look, if I can, honestly, anyone can. It's it all takes all it takes is just to try as yeah. much as you can. And of course, I've had times where I've tried to do an interview with people and they've turned it off on me. It happens. Yeah. But I think I think you have to take that on board, and you just got to try even harder. You just you, you just have to work a bit hard, hard, a bit harder. And I think if you work that little bit harder, you can achieve those goals. Uh, and I think I. I I'm praying and hoping that kids see that and, and they look up to me and say that, well, Moshraf went into journalism and he did this and he did that. And I can too. Yeah. Like I, I have a stammer, but I don't care. He he did it and I can. Yeah. And I, I really hope that it's something that I can take on board and, well, people can sort of take on board. And I think more importantly, sort of the behind the scenes of it all is, a teacher made that happen. Yeah. That moment where I was interviewing Michael Owen, it came through all them sort of years of struggling where I thought I couldn't achieve anything. And I prayed and I asked uh, and I just kept on trying to get the support that I did in school. And I think that sort of behind the scenes of it all, of course it is me going there and doing the interview, but it's mainly that teacher. It's mainly those teachers that made me think that I could yeah. And I think that is so important. So important. Yeah, really. So um, 
so you're doing journalism sorry you are a journalist now you went to university into journalism and you're doing keynote speaking as well so you've been doing that in schools colleges universities teach conferences etc yeah so I imagine people listening will be thinking oh we need to book him <laughs> oh please yeah I'd love to it's it's honestly it's, it's an amazing feeling going and just talking about this journey and just trying to uh, I feel like sometimes teachers forget how much of an impact they have yeah and I feel like I, I sort of I, I try to give them that sort of push and say well this is who you are yeah this is what you do and I think once they hear it they they sort of know how important they truly are and I wish I'd I'd love to it's it's such a rewarding feeling that that in itself apart from journalism like if you put that to one sort of side me being that kid who was told that I could never speak fluently again to now like talking at events and talking in, in front of schools and I, well at schools I think um, it just shows like it all I know this this is now sounding like a broken tape but no, it, it's not it stems, it's brilliant it, it's it really stems down from having that support yeah and how teachers really have an impact yeah no it's great I so you've also got a YouTube channel which I was when I was looking researching you I found which was quite cool there's um lots of different different episodes where you try different things there's one where you go through the drive-through can you tell our listeners about that and what you do because I found that quite interesting because it wasn't it makes sense now but it wasn't a problem that I had thought about when I thought about someone with a stammer Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought that a Mm drive-through would be problematic but obviously it is can you explain what the YouTube channel does and what those episodes were about of course, yeah. So I think after the TV show, I really, I was, I was sort of labelled, <clears throat> excuse me, I was sort of labelled as this like motivational person. I had no clue as to what that truly was yeah. as a kid. Um, but I, I soon came to realise that a lot of people love that show mm-hmm. and the clip. And I think that there were so many barriers that I was facing outside of that clip that people had no clue yeah. about. And I thought, well, I, I really, I want to sort of show that in a way where people can start being a lot more patient, a lot more caring, uh, and have that sort of understanding as to what a stammer truly is. And I think a couple of years ago, well, I was just at like a drive-through with my f- f- friend, and he was driving, and I was in the p- passenger. And he just said... Um, why is it that we're always going to like drive-throughs or on the occasions that we do go that I'm always ordering your food? Um, and I said, well, I don't have any money, which is why I'm always in the passenger seat. <laughs> so you pay, of course. But no, but uh, it was just like he—he he just made me. Th- it just made me think. Oh well, that is true. I always, I always tell him my order, and then he'll order it, and then we drive away and we eat. Um, excess amount of calories um, <laughs> so I kind of knew that maybe I should give it a go and yeah. and of course as a kid I, I couldn't really do that at the time I had no car or <laughs> I, I had passed no driving so it'd be <laughs> a bit of a dangerous walk, thing yeah just walk there don't do that <laughs> yeah. nobody listening yeah. to that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it or just biking it and just going so <laughs> so I thought I thought right okay let me give it a go and um, I tried it once and I thought, no, let me try it with like putting a camera on as well. Yeah. So I thought, so I thought, okay, I'm, I don't know how this will turn out, <laughs> but let's just give it a go. So on the first attempt, 
I did it. It went awful. And I thought, what the hell? Like, I've never, I've never thought of it being as much of a ch- challenge. Yeah. Uh, and I was just trying to talk and I couldn't say a word. And in the end, I sort of got it out. I, I was able to explain what I sort of wanted. And then I just drived on. And then I thought, okay, let me try it again. So I went to quite a few places. Yeah. And then I thought, like, let me sort of head into a super market. And I had, like, a list of words I couldn't say. So cheese, baked beans, and all these sort of things. And I put it in a hat. And I thought, I'm going to take out five words <laughs> of five items. And I'm going to stay on camera, go into Tesco, and I'm gonna say these words. I'm gonna just ask, ask away. Oh my and, goodness! And I gave it a go, and I thought this is so hard. Yeah. So I can't even do this. Like, oh, what is going on? Like, so like simple things in life where which I would just make others ask uh, or do or order order on the phone. So ordering on the phone, calling on the phone, ordering food on the phone. So I just thought, why not make a series of videos that sort of highlight how hard it is? Yeah. And I think there's like. There's quite a few people who have ripped that idea off me, but it's nice though. <laughs> it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It I think it brings awareness no matter yeah, what, doesn't it? That's, that's it. So as much as much as um, it, as as crazy it is, I think it's it's more importantly um, it's about raising the awareness, which is so important. And I think I really I really feel like that is more important than anything. Mm. It's just about if if we can raise the awareness of what karma truly is, then it means so much more than anything. Yeah, it makes a lot of people's lives easier, won't it? If you... It is. And I think that's what I sort of think about every talk I give. It's not about trying to inspire a, a sort of like a whole high school worth of like 900 to like a thousand kids. Wow. I'm just hoping to get that one kid. Yeah. If I can get that one kid uh, or that one child, then I've, I've made it count. That whole journey of driving here has been worth it. It's just about helping that one kid. Yeah, and, and there will be some friends, won't there? Definitely sat there who it will impact on. You never know, in a few years' time, they might be on a podcast <laughs> saying, yeah, there was no, that, a moment when I was sat there and there was <laughs> this guy called Mushy who was do- talking to us all and it had that impact on me and I was able to find my voice. So it, yeah, it will. Or people, you know, just everything, all these little things, like you said, incremental things that are going to make a big difference for somebody aren't they which is absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant honestly yeah such an inspiration Mushy. i've really really enjoyed talking to you you're brilliant um is there anything i've missed any closing remarks where can people find you and that sort of thing so your website how can they book you all of that sort of stuff of course no i'd really appreciate that so i'm available on like social media so yeah. on my twitter i'm mushraf Asgar, uh, which is m-u-s-h-a-r-a-f um, I've had teachers in the past call me so many sort of different names, which I've like Mushrat or whatever it is. So I just thought I'd make it clear how it's spelled <laughs> as well. Yes. Uh, so Mushraf Asgar, M U S H A R A F Asgar, A S G H A R. I'm on Twitter, uh, I'm on Facebook as well, and I'm on LinkedIn. So feel free to message me. It's not even about getting talks but if there are any anything that i can help with any students out there that you feel uh, need that help feel free to ask me I'm, I'm more than happy to like answer any questions um i'm always here just answering questions on emails and it's nice it's, it's nice that i'm having an impact and i'm 
helping some sort of teacher out there um, having that sort of mushy sort of Mr. Burton moment somewhere across the world. So yeah, yeah feel free to ask me any questions. Um, I'm also on like YouTube as well. It's the same name. I just thought I'd keep it exactly. Like yeah, I just thought, yeah. And then on Instagram as well, uh, mushy Asgar, M-U-S-H-Y. A S G H A R and then on YouTube as well. Brilliant. It's the same. But yeah, feel free to ask me any questions at all. Um I I'd be more than happy to if and if there is the occasion where I can attend a school, a college, a conference or whatever it is, then it'd be an absolute pleasure. Brilliant. That's great. I'm sure you're gonna get lots of inquiries after this and we'll make sure to tag you on social media oh. when we share the episode so that people can find oh, you, thank you easier on of course. there. I really enjoyed talking to Mushy and I hope you enjoyed listening. Um, I do think the word inspirational is thrown around too much, but I think in this instance, he really is inspirational. Anyway, thanks again for listening to Sending the Experts with me, Georgina Durrant. I do hope you listen in next time and share on social media that you've been listening along and help us spread the word about this podcast.